welcome to the Kryptonite Podcast. I'm Mark Stores, and with me, as always, is Chris Chastel. Whoa, okay, Whisper Chris. <laughs> yeah, and Rob Morphy. Thank you, Robert and Whisper Chris, for joining us for this week's You're episode. Welcome. Yes, indeed. Glad to have you both here. Uh, before we get started, we're going to do a little PSA here because, as per the last episode, we were like, "Hey, you know, coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Like, don't worry, everything's cool. Calm your jocks. It's all right." Before it was considered a <laughs> pandemic. You know, I still think our advice was solid, though. We have good advice, but I think now that it's a pandemic, this is what we're going to say. We're going to say, stay vigilant. Sure. Do the smart and right thing. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Avoid large crowds. I know here in New York, we're under an order where it can't be a crowd larger than 500 people. Oh, that's how they take away our right to assemble. I see the process. It has begun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have have seen that bandied about Twitter and Facebook. We all know. I'm not, I'm not shocked. At we all. all know the friends that are going to well, not real life friends, but Facebook friends are going to be like, "This is how it begins. Oh, this is absolutely. what they do. The elites." It's the first I heard of it. Yeah, so, it's just probably good policy. Yeah, but you know, whether if your community has active cases or whatever going on, just stay smart, yeah. stay vigilant, do your thing. We're all in this together. We're all going to make it. Everything's going to be cool. Don't freak out. There are alternatives to toilet paper. There, always yes. rest assured. You are not in the lurch just because you don't have toilet paper. Right. Have you seen the toilet paper shortages? I No, but actually I went to the store to buy milk and I had fucking milk and I brought the milk to the cash register and the fucking clerk said to me, sweet young girl, um, you, there's a limit on how much toilet paper and hand sanitizer you can buy. And then I lifted up the milk and showed her <laughs> and she goes, you know, just in case. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in the checkout line already. You, I'm good. But thank you for letting yeah, me know. You presented the young lady a gallon of, of milk. milk. Yeah. Because <laughs> normally it's milk. Paper. Yeah. Normally up here, the, the emergency is milk yeah. and eggs <laughs> and fucking bread. Breakfast emergencies. Right. But no, now this time it's toilet paper. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't think we have to all rush out and buy toilet paper. I think it might be, I think they were calling it like panic shopping. Yeah, of course. So like, just consider this. And if you are, um, if, and I'm going to tie this in. If you are a member of our Facebook fan group, uh, there was a post actually about how you can shit in the shower. And there was, huh. some, there was some discussion yeah, about yeah. shitting the in the logistics shower. logistics thereof. It's called the waffle stomp. Oh yeah, so that's, that's that. Remember, don't, I don't think you need to explain anymore. That just remember that your it. your water and your toilet all goes to the same pipe. So God forbid if you can't wipe your ass, don't worry, the water will always be there until it's not. If the water and power utilities go out, then we have a completely different situation on our hands. I don't feel as though that's where it's going to go. Nor I. We're just here to offer yeah. some support, some compassion. A little bit of understanding. In worst case, if we all get fucking locked in in some weird quarantine thing, we'll do like a cool live stream or something. It's probably the one thing that'll force us to do a live stream on Google Hangouts. Is a quarantine. <laughs> yeah, exactly, so, yeah. so everyone in your com- in your own little community, stay safe. Help each other out. Yeah, be, be cool. cool. Yeah, listen to your podcast. Go about your daily, you know, things you got to do. Dude, do fist bumps, do elbow things. I've been doing things with guys at work. We click our feet together. It's fun. It's cool. Do, do high fives like Peyton what? and I. Miss entirely. Yeah, there you go. Well, this time, that makes sense. do it on purpose. Yeah, so there yeah. it is. So there is, uh, there is your Kryptonaut Podcast pandemic update. Stay safe. Stay pandemic vigilant. Pandemic PSA. That's right. Ah. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. $1 is a shout out. $5 is a shout out and some bonus audio. This week, boys, we got. Bobby Loveless. Oh, Bobby not Loveless. anymore, sir. You are beloved now. 
Jesse Dore. Nice. Thank you, Jess. Sean Singer. Also Mr. Singer. Kevin Ryan. Wow. Perfect. That is a name we can pronounce. Thank you for being that, Kevin. I'm pretty sure it's Calhoun. Calhoun's Travel. I'm sorry. Cal- Calhoun's Travel Trailers. Oh, nice. Oh, shit. All right. Now, I actually Googled this real quick, and I found a website. It's like I'm pretty sure it's Calhoun's Travel Trailers.com. And I, if this is the guy... He makes these like super cool like little travel trailers for like your you know like like your trucks to tra- travel around. We're up. Oh, it's kind of right. dope. And if it's go not, cryptid hunting, if it's not, if for some reason it's not Calhoun's travel trailers, then they just got a sweet. They little got a plug. shout out, but uh, but you know check that out. And uh, finishing off here with Rafael Sarmento. Thank you, Dees. Thank you, Mr. Thank Sarmento. You. One and all, you guys fucking rule. Much appreciated. Yes, thank y'all so very much. Uh, yeah, Facebook. Check out the Facebook group again. We talk about how you can shit in the shower. And uh, keep the, as keep, aforementioned. Keep yes. The, yeah, keep the memes coming. Keep keep the memes fresh. Keep the memes. Keep them dope. Keep them coming. Sometimes you got to go on there. You got to laugh. Because while the rest of the world's buying toilet paper, being a bunch of assholes about it, come to our group and you can just laugh, have a good time. I do like that. Hang out with some friends. I'm generally there between the hours of five a.m. and six fifteen a.m. That's when I post and reply to things robert i'm occasionally there in the wee hours of random evenings okay with no discernible real schedule except that it's probably going to be very late okay all right and christopher what you're there occasionally yeah yeah there it is (laughs) so now that you got our schedules on lockdown (laughs) i got like somehow duped into instagram like once i was just on facebook and i was going through our group and there's like instagram posts or whatever Mm -hmm. and then like two clicks and then all of a sudden i got sent there and i'm like i guess i guess i'll just sign up for it yeah and then i don't i'm not there you're but you're on but you can at least now interact (laughs) you can be there I can. can. I'm actually right. seriously considering that. You should. Simply because there's people that like ask specific questions of me, and I'm not really there. And then I see it, and I feel like I'm locked behind some glass wall like a fuck-sucking mime that can actually talk but isn't allowed to. Exactly. I'm like, I can answer your question, and Mark's not going to, but I'm not here. <laughs> that is that is the horror and terror of not being on Instagram. Yeah, just sign up twice. <laughs> nice. All right, so this week we are bringing back the two-for-one mystery bag Monday. Bag. My fucking favorite. Do we have a theme this Mystery Bag Monday, Robert? We absolutely do. What would that theme be? Peruvian women of mystery. Oh, the mysterious women. The mysterious women. From Peru. Or from Peru. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You second guessed it. Peruvian women of Peru. (laughs) Please tell me I'm right. Yes. Italian women from the Ukraine. There you go. See, it wouldn't work. It totally wouldn't work. All right, so this first story that we got here is Jelu, Uno Mujer Fantastica. God bless you. Uh, Did I pull it off? Dude, you should be reading me every Spanish novel ever written. I don't care if either of us know what the translation is. That voice was just perfect. Yeah, that was like Antonio Banderas. Was it? No. Does it go with my hair? (laughs) <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, good. I was trying Sweet. to make you feel good. Oh, oh, thank you. I, you know what? I in the in these times of struggle, I appreciate. You're it. welcome. Thank you. Before you get started, I want to give a shout out to uh, Joseph Trainer of the UFO Roundup. He's the editor of that, and so a lot of this information um, in both of the stories in this Mystery Bag Monday, I uh, I got from editions of his UFO Roundup, which are excellent and can be found online at UFO Info. So uh, 
so big ups to Mr. Trainer and uh, and he's been doing it for a while and doing it well. And so I just wanted to establish that first and foremost. Awesome. Thank you so very much. All right, let's get started with over the centuries. There have been numerous accounts of human beings who appear to have been from another time, place or even world. These odd individuals have astounded those with whom they've come into contact. But few cases are as bizarre and perplexing as one that occurred in 1954, leaving one young Peruvian couple both psychologically and physiologically scarred. Absolutely. We have a lot of scarring happening. Okay. Yes, we do. Scars. Right. Perfect. Okay, okay. well, uh, this, you know, this seems dark, but let's do it. Oh, absolutely. Right, and cool. it's not that dark, really. It's okay. interesting. This one's really fucking weird. Famous for being the site of the last battle for independence in South America in 1824, the city of Aycucho in south-central Peru is known for its ornate colonial churches, and for those with a taste of the bazaar, it is also known as being the setting for one of the most baffling humanoid encounters ever reported. Oh. In May of 1954, an excitement was rippling through South America as many of its citizens had reported seeing strange airborne objects cavorting in the skies above. Although it wouldn't have been realized until years later, that month would prove to be the height of the flap, and even folks in the streets of Ayacucho buzzed with the thrill of unknown objects dancing above their heads. It's a little UFO party. It always is. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. And it's a South American or even Mexican UFO flap is something to behold. I mean, yeah. it's celebrated, and, and they've had instances that rival Fatima in terms of sheer eyewitness density. Dude, you got, dude, you yeah. got, you got catering, you got beers, you got dancing, you got parties, you got awesome hats. Everyone's doing it, so do it. Totally. There it is. This helps set the tone, but the story that follows doesn't necessarily have a thing to do with these acrobatic aerialists. In fact, there's no agreement whatsoever as to what transpired in the home of a couple known as Carlo and Anita Jimenez. I think I got that right, but everyone knows the deal with me. Save that it was utterly inexplicable. But, as it is always prudent to do, let's begin at the beginning. On a Saturday afternoon in the month in question, Carlos and Anita had decided to enjoy the late autumn weather, it's autumn in that hemisphere, by shopping together at the local Mercado, which is an open-air Indian market. Following their mini-shopping spree, the couple returned to their, their two-story Mediterranean-style home, which was located on the Calle 28 de Julio, south of La Campania Church. The house had been built around a central courtyard, and the only windows facing the street were on the second floor. A locked door provided the only access to the interior courtyard from the street. Carlos unlocked the outside door, and the duo carried their groceries into the kitchen. So, no, no front-facing windows on the on the first floor, and you open up the door into a courtyard, and that kind of leads to these different rooms right. and outdoor stairs. This helps right, kind right. of paint a picture. It's not essential, but it makes it easier to understand some of okay. the things that are going to happen next. No, not really, but it gives you a picture. While stocking their shelves, Anita hushed her husband. She'd heard a noise upstairs. Carefully, Anita crept toward the base of the courtyard staircase, which led to the second floor balcony. Carlos followed, whispering, What is it? Anita put a finger to her lips and replied, Somebody's up there. Her response was followed by the sounds of hushed footsteps emanating from the second floor. Oh, shit. I'm nervous. Hitchcockian. <laughs> cock <laughs> <laughs> really 
bruh. I, bruh. All right, yeah. Dick's cocked. Unsure what they might find. Chris has to edit this, and he's going to send me a million This was lines. never supposed to fucking happen, dick farmers. <laughs> what What was it? <laughs> like, how you stop? I said Hitchcock. I was making a oh. reference to the master of suspense. Unsure what they might find, the couple mounted the stairs with Carlos taking the lead. They peeked into all three guest bedrooms and the family chapel, but could find no sign of intruders. As the pair inched toward the master bedroom, Anita was overwhelmed by an intense feeling of unease. She was sure that someone was inside their room. Mm. Reacting to her gut, she grabbed her husband's arm, put her left index finger to her lips, and had him flatten against the stucco wall. They waited, taking shallow breaths for nearly a minute. It was then that they heard the footsteps again, louder this time and definitely coming from within the room. Bracing themselves for a confrontation, Carlos and Anita burst through the open door ready to catch a thief in the act. But what they found stopped them dead in their tracks. They went on the offensive. It's their home. It, yeah. Well, Stand your ground. Stand your ground. That's right. All right. What happens now, dude? I'm fucking stoked. Astonished, the young couple realized that they had not caught an atypical burglar in the act, but a trespasser of a very different sort. A gorgeous young woman standing on the opposite side of their bed with an expression that seemed shocked at first, then transformed into a blend of frustration and dismay. It seemed as if she was surprised she could be seen at all. Hmm. Mm. Later on, when the couple reported this home invader to the Policia Municipal, I think I said that right, Carlos was only able to recall the intruder as very pretty with an impressive bosom. Oh, Carlos. Oh, yeah, typical. No. Typical. Keeping yeah, it simple typical. to the point. Sees a beautiful woman and then looks boobs. and says, oh, impressive bosoms, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, typical. Thankfully, <laughs> Anita was also typical. All right. And that she fucking pulled her weight. Did she like her boobs too? I can't, I can't speculate as okay, to that. Okay, I'm just saying, whatever. But thankfully, Anita was taking mental notes during their brief interlude, which yielded a myriad of details. She described the stunning gate crasher as approximately five and a half feet tall with a slender build and, and this is just a beautiful set of adjectives, a honey gold tan. It's a nice complexion. Honey it gold is a nice tan. Complexion. Honey gold? Someone said, you want to look like you got a honey gold complexion? I'd be like, yeah. fuck yeah, I do. Yeah, five and a half feet tall. There you go. I wouldn't go for that so much, but I would go for the honey gold. Okay, same. Anita recalled that the woman had, and this is a beautiful quote, an exuberant mass of curling and wavy auburn hair, as well as golden hoop earrings and sandals to match. Very fashionable. Very nice. Anita also noted that the intruder's attire seemed to be a bit skimpy for autumn in the Andes, as it consisted of nothing more than an avocado green French swimsuit, French swimsuit being a bikini, and a bolero jacket of the same color with elbow-length sleeves. Mental picture. Okay, I mean, weird. So she's got bikini bottoms on, like a half jacket? So yeah, no, well, like a bikini. Right. Like an avocado green bikini. With a half jacket, yeah. also avocado green. Okay. All on right. the honey gold skin or whatever it was. All right. Well, I mean, interesting choice of fashion. No doubt. Most intriguingly, the startled redhead had what looked to be, at first, a white plastic cast on her left forearm. After sizing each other up, it was Anita who broke the silence, asking point blank, Who are you? What are you doing in her house? 
legit, legit questions. Proper questions, yeah. With Carlos tagging on, how did you get in here? All bases covered. All right. Three basic questions. Who, what, where, when, how? The woman stared at them for a long moment, as if collecting her thoughts, then replied in halting Spanish one of the great understatements in paranormal lore. Mi amo, gelu, no estoy de aquí. Which I know I said horribly, but translates to, my name is Jelu. I am not from around here. Okay. Fair. That that just covers it all right there. Didn't didn't say how she got in the house, but okay. It was then that the beautiful intruder suddenly lifted her left forearm. The couple saw twinkling, multicolored lights flashing along the length of her gauntlet, and the woman began tapping on it with her fingertips as if she were using a typewriter. Almost a predator. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Great camo, by the way. Dude, that's what they do. You're self-destructing. They found me out. (laughs) No, no, or, dude, if you you remember, they run diagnostics. Like, and they go fucking... Well, everybody runs diagnostics. And then you got things that pop up and shit. It's Star Trek-y a little bit. I mean, no, the accoutrement itself. It's yeah. Predator as fuck. But it's like Vogue Predator. Right. It's like debutante Predator. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, she's a bikini, but it's kind of like Rogue. Right. Yeah, she's got yeah. this weird half rogue half little half jacket. jacket. Yeah. yeah. All right. And the big pile of red hair. Yeah. Right. Dude, a striking figure. What if she's got like a fucking like, like one of those sweet Predator atmospheric masks? She does not. Oh, damn it. As was clearly stated. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's in her backpack. They, they might have mentioned that. Maybe she hasn't. Does, does she cloak? Does she cloak? <laughs> yeah. You're like, does Dude, she cloak? Does she cloak? What she does? Would be, what would oh. be, no, no, but what would be a better... You gave, you gave me a hand I, that was like, maybe. I'm like, no, she cloaks. Oh. I mean, why why get like shimmery and visible? Why not just be an attractive human? Sure, you're going to draw some attention, but you're also going to be basically like fading into the crowd. Okay. All right, well, I don't know. If, if you're, you're in a bikini I, with a bolero jacket right. piles yeah. of red hair. If you're but, a super babe, you're not just walking in public. All right, so it's not you, a predator. If you want to be hidden... Are you sure... I'm, I'm voting a, not predator. Should be a new kind of predator, predator of the heart, predator of the yeah, heart. Yeah, you like that? Oh my that? god, Mark's new fan fiction coming oh, soon. Here she comes. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, sure. It's man eater. Yeah. yeah, but we're gonna change it to predator of the heart. Maybe not. Oh, no here she comes. It. She's predator of the heart. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, anyway, so what happens next? She hopes she cloaks without warning. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets fucking cloaked, dude. We killed Chris. Oh. <laughs> All right. You're going to make me cough and die again. Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, everyone's going to live. There's no God, more. she cloaks. Well, maybe. <laughs> There's not a lot of predator analogies coming up. Oh, All right, fine. Okay. If that sounds without a cloak, I swear I to swear God. God. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this podcast. All right, here you go. <laughs> Last episode. Without fuck-sucking warning, a wall of fine red mist, quote-unquote, appeared between the couple and J-Lu. Not knowing what else to do, the terrified Anita shouted, I'm calling the police. Okay. Standard. Red mist. You know, mid-50s. Red uh, mist. Couple reactions to some back shit crazy mayhem. Okay. Cool. Calling the cops. What are you doing here? And she's doing all sorts of fucking freaky ass shit. I mean, she's just tapping on her gauntlet and the red mist appears. I don't know. She's not doing that's, like that's... weird backwards cartwheels. And all right, that's you can't really weird that, though. But all right, all right. Well, all right, let's let's continue. Ignoring them, J. Lou turned and faced the stucco wall behind the bed. She began tapping her thick plastic wrist device again. Carlos, his curiosity usurping his better judgment, lunged around the bed with one hand reaching out to detain her, gasping, "Una momento, señorita." 
But the moment his fingers made contact with the scarlet mist, Carlos emitted a shriek of agony and collapsed onto the carpet. Anita dove to her husband's side, screaming, What did you do? She has shield technology. It clearly. Yeah. Slow blade. Mm. Penetrates the shield. But not the that, red mist. That no. doesn't sound like a slow blade. No, that does not. No, at all. it doesn't. But she has definitely has like shield tech. It, it's it's the red mist hurts like hell. Okay. Uh, again, a shield. A shield. That's oh, yeah. a shield. Ashen faced, Carlos glanced down at his stricken hand. He stared in disbelief as tiny red blisters blossomed across the portion that had come into contact with the stinging red vapor. Just when it seemed as if things could not get any more bizarre, a circle of golden light suddenly appeared on the wall. It looked to the couple as if the solid wall had become as translucent as a sheet and that someone was holding a flashlight against the other side. But they knew that this was not possible. The soft circle of light swiftly grew until it reached from the floor to the ceiling. Carlos later told the police that it resembled oil floating on water. Shimmering, beautiful, romantic, dare I say. Romantic oil on water. (laughs) A predator of the heart. In a flash, J. Lou stepped into the light and simply vanished. The soft light and the red mist disappeared simultaneously as well. Anita had no time to worry about the sheer strangeness of the whole ordeal, as Carlos now sat on the edge of the bed, gritting his teeth in pain. The dutiful wife gasped, I'll get help, then rushed to the window to shout for assistance. She slammed open the latticework shutter, but before she could scream for help, the words got stuck in her throat as she spied the auburn-haired home invader sauntering down the street. Anita blinked in astonishment. The strange woman who had walked into, if not through, a gilded portal in her bedroom not 20 seconds before was now inexplicably many yards away from their home, walking in the general direction of La Campagna Church with a decidedly sensual gait. Way to notice, Anita. So she was just strutting it? Strutting it. Dude, strutter. Here's where maybe some sort of cloaking thing might come into play, you fucker. Ah, see? This is, dude, she has my Something heart. akin to it. If you show me a short girl that can cloak, my God. Wow. Yeah. Dreams come true. Dream, dreams can come true. She admitted, Anita that is, that she might not have recognized the woman were it not for her towering auburn hairstyle. Because the intruder was now wearing typical Andean clothes consisting of a voluminous dark skirt, a cardigan sweater, and a black knit shawl. Oh, so she had a wardrobe so change. So the only reason she thinks it was her is because the hair the looked, big like pile the hair. Same, looked like the same hair. Okay. okay. And maybe glimpses of the honey gold skin or whatever. Right. Mm. Wasting no more time, Anita shouted out into the street, Help, help, we need a doctor here. She then pointed at the swiftly moving snooper, that being J. Lou, screaming, Stop her, she's a thief. She broke into our house. J. Lou, for her part, simply looked back just once and quickened her step. So she did identify her facially. Even though Chris is right to be skeptical at first, could be a big pile of red hair, who knows? A glance back. All right, Chris is making How the face, and it's far legit. away was she? Many yards. Okay. What that means, it's anyone's guess. Okay. All right. Okay. So now she turns to her husband. Carlos, she's right outside, Anita said, running for the bedroom doorway. Favoring his injured hand, Carlos followed suit. The couple reached their front gate just as J. Lou reached the plaza. Shouting, they charged up the street, followed by curious neighbors, only to watch helplessly as J. Lou flagged down an itinerant taxi cab and drove away 
and out of their lives. Okay. Oh, man. This is like Carmen San Diego meets the Predator. <laughs> yeah. I did dude. not see that. Yeah, but you like that? I value I value that. As okay. A you know what? Right, Chris, Chris, take it. You're you're fired up, dude. I'm, I'm pretty convinced these were not the same people. Okay. You're right. not going to teleport out of a house and then take a cab. You might. If you listen, if you can, really, I'm, I'm just no, no. Listen, <laughs> you have one teleport per day, I guess. It's funny. <laughs> no, it's funny that you say that because it's sort of like you know, yeah. Obviously, that's the dumb part, as if all the other shit isn't. But, but really, if teleportation technology is limited to say maybe a small geographic area, just enough to pop out of a pressing situation. If. That's if. There's a if. lot of ifs. Okay. I mean, doesn't mean teleportation always has to be 10 billion miles or, you know, Star Trek protocols where you go down to a planet, you know, 100,000 miles away from where you're parked in space. It could literally be just a quick jump to make an escape, sort of like they live. The way the aliens can make a quick hop to their so, ship or a quick hop a little ways sure. away. But as she teleports... So uh, I'm just saying, that to me is not the make or break of this case. Well, but she teleports... It, it, ah. She teleports a short distance and then she has a whole like wardrobe change. Like, Well, who's to say what's in this Well, unless portal? it's actually not a teleport. I mean, maybe it's a different dimension or something. Maybe okay. it's a different place now, where she can go. if it's just a phase change. shift, that would make sense, maybe. But why, did she, why was there a clothes change, too? Yeah, that's what I'm well, saying. So, I mean, maybe... Who knows what... She was Listen, in, she was we in, don't know where she's from or what she is. We're going to discuss or at least speculate on that. But perhaps she assumed that that would draw on like a chilly late autumn, you know, evening hour, late afternoon, a fucking French cut bikini with a bolero jacket, all hot avocado green with her big bright red hair and all the rest. Maybe that would draw too much attention. So maybe she's able to either make people perceive her wardrobe is different or it's nanotechnology. They can shift and become something else. To me, that Could is be. interesting. Uh, so she's got like a spider But why suit? show up with that to begin with then? Well, who's to say why? The real big questions are, why was she in that person's bedroom? Why was she surprised that they could see her or at least surprised that they showed up at that time? <clears throat> if you are doing something of any importance, be it a time traveler or whatever the fuck you might be, you would think you would come prepared with something I don't know a, a better plan. So yeah, so there's a seem... lot of questions to ask. Well, that's but, what you're right. But, <laughs> but I'm, I can't like I can't fault it though. I can't credit it either. But I can't fault it for doing things like why does she stay in that town? Why is she just down the street? Why does she hop into a cab and, and instead of teleport again? Well, maybe she can like you say do it once every 24 hours. Who knows? Maybe it's like Ultraman powers. They last seven minutes and gone. Not even. It's like 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a minute and a half. Yeah. yeah and then, much, and then there's the countdown and then the fucking another monster always shows up and it's a thing and then Ultraman has got to pop in. All right, we're going to wrap this up quick and then we're going to just start All right. speculating. Let's do it. The police visited the Jimenez, I think I'm saying it right, house, and interviewed the couple. No one had tampered with the door's lock, and there were no items missing from the premises. The officers thought that the couple had been victimized by a quote-unquote crazy woman acting out some burglar fantasy. Nice. So odd, but all right. Yeah, whatever, it works. I mean, pss. Perhaps J. Lou was an alien. We did mention the UFO flap. Okay. Or maybe she was an interdimensional debutante who popped into the wrong room. A mystical fairy princess who liked to steal jewelry or just a tourist from the future who had the wrong address for her bed and breakfast. Whatever she may have been, the scar she left on Carlos and Anita would be enduring. Carlos's hand would heal, 
But he and Anita would never stop having nagging questions about the mysterious and possibly even insidious force they had encountered that beautiful afternoon sometime in May of 1954. Well, okay, insidious because he put his hand in the red mist? Yeah, well, potentially insidious in that, uh, uninvited in their home, clearly doing something there. Right. Yes, he lunged (laughs) at her. Clearly. He lunged at her, and and so everyone has a right to defend themselves. Okay. Whether a blistering red vapor or mace, whatever the fuck you happen to have, whatever technology you have access to. I'm not saying Carlos was in the right there, but... But to me, what is what makes this so fascinating, and that's why I, I toss out all these, frankly, silly but possibly viable suggestions, it's because okay. this is a human being, ostensibly. She looks like a person. Now, she looks like a, you know, a glamorous late 60s, early 70s Italian superstar like Marissa Mel with like, or, or Sophia Loren or Claudia Cardinelli with big towering red locks and, you know, the whole rest, but... She's striking in her beauty, but decidedly human. Not uh, typical in her wardrobe, but not still like super exotic, except for the plastic gauntlet with which she was able to manipulate the environment around her, at least if the story is to be believed, to create a force field and a portal and a mechanism by which she could appear to be or actually is wearing different clothes. It, it's the questions that make this All so right. fascinating. If it's true, if, it's sh- fucking right. Wow. Yeah, no, that's a lot. That's a lot to unpack there. Um, so, uh, huh. all right. Well, we do have a UFO flap in the area, so that we could, which, by the way, possibly link it to that. Was mostly in Bolivia at the time, but okay. it did, you know, okay. cross national borders. Right. But there was a flap, and so a lot of people inst- instantly glom onto the idea. Well, alien. Well, all right, but what all about right. there wasn't a UFO over their house? Right. She didn't, you know, she wasn't seen walking on a rooftop across the way into a UFO. She had technology that does not seem plausible even now in 2020. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean extraterrestrial. Right. No. Okay. Um, well, but generally, you, you people generally don't equate that tech and ultraterrestrials or anything either. If somebody's going to say tech gauntlet, you're going to think... Alien. That's, I'm not saying it's right. No, no, right. I agree. But generally, there's just not a lot of accounts of like goblins with fucking dope tech. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, <hey. laughs> but honestly, well, there was, I would be there, more there inclined swamp, to think that there was the swamp demons with the fucking weird. Uh, oh yeah, the, didn't they have like like like, like, like staff weapons or some shit? When they were yeah, but just that's that's not what I guess yeah. maybe it's not what I pictured in my head. Right. I I, I understand but, what Chris is saying, and 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 to me that to me is is still. It's an acceptable foible, but it's a foible that's the equivalent of, oh, I saw something odd moving in a lake. It's a plesiosaur. Well, right. shit. That is a huge assumptive leap and probably right. not accurate. And so I, I understand why people do it with the alien thing, because you're right. Uh, fantasy creatures don't, you know, aren't necessarily associated with high technology until you go to, like, some reports of, like, the sky ships and things that seem to be just a, a smidge above what we were capable at the time. Right. And and then you think to yourself, well, if there are other worlds, this Magonia or any any of the names you want to call it, and and there are ethereal beings living there, that maybe they just have their own tech that's just a, 
a few steps ahead, maybe okay. a century ahead or 50 years ahead or whatever. All right. Well, you got me with, and, with Magonia. And, and, and who wouldn't? I mean, I don't know why, say, fairy folk would want a vacation here. But if we had a chance to go to, like, the ethereal plains mm-hmm. and, you know, get a Swedish troll massage and frolic in the bacchanalian gardens of Dionysus and her acolytes and the springs flow with red and white and you know you would totally jump at the chance yeah to do this all right so maybe a, some interdimensional interloper perhaps so maybe like you know how there's danger tourism right maybe these creatures be extraterrestrial or etheric for lack of a better term come here for like treachery vacations like you can shop a little i don't know why they she was in this couple's house i have no idea what she was fucking doing there <laughs> no but do maybe, I. you know just it sounds slumming you know, on earth and you know frolicking with the, the gritty people and just right. doing the thing that you know people love to do when they have high adventure in their souls i yeah. then booked and took a fucking cab out. <laughs> yeah <laughs> she took a literally she balanced like well, right, let's let's break this down for what really happened she seems shocked <laughs> that she's being seen Right. They ask her, what the fuck are you doing here? How'd you get in? She's like, my name is J. Lou, and uh, I'm not from around here. Okay. Then she gets nervous because she realizes, oh, there's a real proximity issue here, and and these things might be dangerous. Puts up the red wall of mist. Okay. She doesn't throw it at him or do anything offensive. Right. Then she starts working on her escape plan. She's just like, shit, I got to get out of there. He's super curious, wants to like, hey, you know, senorita, relax for a second. I want to talk. Boom, blister hands. Johnny blister fist. She's banging away over her head. Or get she's her, probably her power terrified. Yeah. And she's through. Now, maybe it only takes her 100 yards, but she can look slightly different. Maybe can't change so her like facial her, and hair appearance, but her like power, her, her power glove tack doesn't get her that, that far. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe. maybe maybe it's literally like a tourist fanny pack right. for what these creatures are. Okay. Maybe, yeah. maybe, there, maybe she's a refugee and she's looking for help. Right. And the fucking wall was put up by some other fucking force. Oh. So she had to get, fucking yeah. get out. Yeah, and then she took a cab out of there. You know, I don't... Ref, you're right. Why? It doesn't have to be a tourist. Why couldn't it be a refugee? And maybe okay. the reason she was in All the right. room is because portals like that that allow you to i don't know make exits or maybe even go into a different space before you return to earth are only in certain geographical locations that would give her a reason to be in this room that she otherwise would probably have no reason to be in maybe uh, but we all it's all pissing in the wind there's no that, that's, that's what, what i'm saying yeah all right that's why i say interdimensional right. debutante fucking fairy maybe princess. the gala was a detector that the people were chasing her she put up the wall for protection for them oh because she didn't want them to get hurt and then she fucking booked. Yeah, getting temporary to blisters might she, be she's better. She's a fucking hero. She is. Regardless, she got no cab. I can't explain this. If it even <laughs> yeah, is a she, the cab if it even off. is a she. Yeah, we're assuming. You're right. You're there you right. Go. Could I be mean, could be a shape shifting interdimensional lizard person. Could be any number of things like that. No. Okay, fine. I want to believe um, it's just a girl. Who's wearing a bikini in a in a, in a half jacket? Well, well Occam's <laughs> razor dictates. She's a she, she's a short girl in a bikini in a half jacket. With predator tech again, if she cloaks, no, that be, isn't. That I will is, be this hers. This is my favorite. Like this should be an anime from it's like nineteen eighty-five. Totally. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Totally. This is cutie honey. It, it, to- yes. Yeah, actually, Absolutely. Yeah. she just does a thing. She turns yeah. into another form of yeah. honey. And I think maybe right. that what, what Chris is uh, talking about is kind of what the appeal is for me. I've always been kind of fascinated by this, but it's so gosh darn brief and it gives you nothing. But that's part of the appeal yeah. because what it seems like is one of those moments in a great sci-fi anime adventure where this couple in their house encounter some weird shit. And it's only one brief scene in the in the show. 
and it doesn't matter to the grand scheme of things. But if you ever stop to look at it from the point of view of those people, it's like this is a life altering event. Oh, yeah, it's I don't, you yeah. reassess reality, period. Yeah. I mean, she could speak, you know, at least basic Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, she knew that she was nervous that they were around, tried to get away, right. did so without trying to hurt them, removed the dangerous things as soon as she was gone, and just took off in a cab. All right. Well, you know, I hope that one day, I hope that Lu comes to visit us again. Yeah. Yeah. Her. Me too. It'd be great. With her cool little telephone. If I walked thing. in and saw her just doing and some shit, I'm like, I am not going for the red mist. Dude, now you do your thing. Now that we have Uber, it's so much easier. She can just teleport outside, she can open her phone, call an she Uber. She called the Uber from her gauntlet. From her gauntlet. Yeah, she probably has I mean, Uber maybe app. she called yeah. the cab. She could have too. Maybe that was just Maybe that was her calling the cab. Yeah. Could be. Maybe she's an exchange student. Could be. Too. Just, There's a lot of possibilities. You know, you gotta here. you gotta work out a the lot. new uniform. Maybe yeah. that was her first stab. Wasn't quite there. Yeah, I mean, a little, a little bit, you know, not saying it's that bad. That is true. Just saying, you know, might want to put some pants on. Oh, I'm not Whatever. judging it. I'm just saying you got to figure out the culture. You got to yeah, figure out the language. You got to yeah. figure everything out. And uh, and this was not her host family. She made a drastic error in she where did. she arrived. She and did. she just had to make her way down the street. That's true. All right, awesome. So there was our first story. Continuing on with our second story here. The Devil's Daughter, the Peruvian Firestarter. Boy, that's telling. You like that? I do. Oh did, we, did we just telegraph the whole thing in the first title there? Paragraph? We could have. Okay. Cool. I, have, I have a way of doing that. Let's get started with it. At the tail end of the 20th century, Peruvian firefighters confronted the fiery destruction wrought by the least likely of suspects, a child. A young girl who some believe to be the manifestation of an ancient Incan deity, while others are convinced she, possess, she was possessed by the powers of the Dark Lord himself. Powers she could use with just a blink of her eye. Ominous. Ooh. So we got Incan God or Devil. Or maybe other options. Okay, all right, cool. Firestarter, Peruvian, let's do it. There is admittedly very little information in the public sphere regarding this fascinating case of a human being who was, in every conceivable way, absolutely normal save one unique attribute that quite literally leapt off the pages of a comic book and into the real world. Nevertheless, if these reports are to be believed, a Peruvian girl manifested such a power, one which, like the fictional characters of Jean Grey or Charlie McGee before her, came very close to destroying everyone she loved most. She pulled a Jean Grey? Close. Did she go full Phoenix? We'll get there. All right. Uh, you know how I feel uh, about Phoenix. I do know that. You do. The first reported event began at about 8.30 a.m. on the morning of Saturday, October 25th, 1997. Oh, man. The source of the call was the small community of Pahatan, which is located in the arid coastal flatlands of Peru, just 450 miles to the north of the capital city of Lima, where an unnamed witness reported the fire. Seconds after receiving the call, the clanging bell alerted Fire Brigade Number 26 to the emergency. The first responders loaded their truck and sirens wailing, pulled out of the fire station in Chiclayo, rushing to make the five-mile journey to Pahatan as swiftly as possible. The fire station's five miles away? Shit. Yeah. Well, I guess we're, I'm, I'm thinking Auburn. There's two fires. Never mind. 
Sorry. We used to have one on like every corner. Uh, yeah, no, we yeah. had a, an abundance of fire stations at one point. But it's okay. Look, at safety first, motherfuckers. Always. Right. There you go. All right. Within minutes, the firefighters were at the scene. And by 845, they had not only, according to an unnamed source, controlled and extinguished the blaze, quote unquote, but had also managed to rescue a three-year-old girl from inside her burning bedroom. Oh, man. Good shit. It's unclear whether or not the owner of the property, Jorge Pereira, was related to that child that was miraculously saved. But what is known is that he claimed that he had no notion whatsoever as to what might have ignited the nearly lethal flames. Following standard protocols, officials conducted an investigation. But after finding no traces of misplaced candles, faulty wiring, or foul play, they finally came to the conclusion that the blaze was, and I quote, a fire of unknown origin. This near tragedy might well have faded into obscurity were it not for the fact that two days later, at approximately 3 a.m. on Monday, October 27th, the members of Fire Brigade No. 26 were again woken from a restful slumber to answer yet another call regarding a house fire in Powhatan. Oddly, it was a structure some 330 feet away from the original blaze, in a building that was also owned by Jorge Pereira. Jorge was again present to greet the firefighters, but this time he knew all too well what had caused the conflagration, which had originated in the bedroom of a 13-year-old girl named Juliana Gutierrez Peralta, who at the time the fire broke out was having a sleepover with an unnamed friend. Jorge swore to the on-scene police and fire officials that he, and this is a quote, entered the bedroom and turned on the lights. This caused the girl, Juliana in this case, to wake up with obvious irritation, and she opened her eyes, which seemed to shine a variety of colors before turning glaring red. It was at this moment she looked at the curtains, which caught fire instantly. Oh, all right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, all right. Well, all right. That's a thing. There you go. That is a thing. That's a thing. What gave Jorge the right to barge in on this slumber party at all, much less at such a late hour, is unknown. It seems presumptuous of a landowner to enter into a tenant's space unannounced and particularly unsettling when the occupants of the room are two children. Yeah, so these aren't his kids. It's, well, maybe. It doesn't. Uh, perhaps yeah. he was the parent of the unnamed girl and right. he was simply popping in for a quick check. But that beggars the question of what he was doing at the Peralta home after 2 a.m., Despite the possible familial matrix, the whole situation comes off as possibly innocuous, yet decidedly unsavory. Yeah, kind of weird. We just don't know. There's no reason to assume the worst, but you can't help but be like, fucking Jorge, come on. Don't be bursting in on a slumber well, party. There's there, there there's two fires and and two of, the, of, of this guy's, two of this guy's you know, pieces of property. Which he might also live on. Both involving children. Y- yes. So I'm... Hopefully, going to assume that maybe like they are of his family, and that he just doesn't have random. I, I they have different last I names. I kind of just assumed. I, honestly, I assumed I, it could be an extended family. Right, you know, yeah. Maybe we're going. Maybe we've been. We've watched too much Netflix, Robert. We just don't know. We don't know. We're 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 assuming the worst here. So let's, let's just let's, let's just keep. Uh, then you are. I, I am. Yes, you are. I watched a lot of true crime. Whether or not the officers found this to be a salient line of questioning when unreported. But we do know that the investigators at the scene were not impressed with Jorge's wild story of a juvenile fire starter with red flickering eyes. The officers then required Jorge to submit to a blood alcohol test, the results of which proved negative. They're like, you're drunk, Jorge. 
You're drunk. Okay, so one of the first times we can actually rule out drunkenness. Okay, fine. There's yep. no drunkenness. Not drugs, but at least drunkenness. Yeah, there's that's not true. Drunk. Diabetes and drugs are still decidedly he was the devil probably on the table. still on dope, but he maybe could have been on dope. Yeah. While most remain skeptical, some of the firefighters were forced to admit that they may have encountered a power much more terrifying <laughs> than burning buildings or even the insidious arsonists who sporadically set them ablaze. And whispers began to spread that something diabolical had caused the fires, which had almost claimed four lives. Despite the refusal of the local authorities to accept Jorge's bizarre accusations as true, rumors of what he claimed to have seen ran rampant, and before long, various newspapers throughout Peru began publishing feature stories about the incident. Within hours of their publication, the superstitious locals made a pariah out of the young girl, shouting that she was La Niña del Fuego, the fire girl, and even more offensively, La Gia del Diablo, the devil's daughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of fucked up to put in a kid because, yeah. like, they're just hanging out. And like, so, either. What? And this is 97? This is like 1997? 97. Okay. So, I mean, nah, it's not that long ago. No, no. no. But people were different, I guess. <laughs> people were different. They were probably assholes. 97? Yeah, people, people were assholes. I mean, people are still assholes. I, you know what? Nothing's really changed, honestly. Well, except small for, except for communities Facebook. that have a lot of. Uh, Superstition running rampant. Right. You know, it's yeah, no, still a thing. It's 2020. It's still a thing. Go Any community of any culture, even you know ones that you think would be well beyond it, that Dude, you know, burn the witch. I get it. It happens time and time again. It. It's terrible. <laughs> I get it. I'm saying. The scorn and harassment from former friends and neighbors in Powhatan became so unrelenting, the Peralta family abandoned their home and traveled to the eastern side of the Cordilla Central to live in the remote village of Yucampa, which is situated at the edge of the Peruvian rainforest. Sadly, there have been no reports regarding the plight of poor Juliana, who, if she managed to survive both the witch hunt and or her combustible capabilities, would now be a potentially very powerful woman of 36, a veritable fire goddess of the rainforest with Promethean-like power at her disposal. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. All right, yeah, cool, cool. So she made out good. But if... <laughs> well, she made it. Doing better than us. If she made it. Doing better than us. Just saying. I, well... Or she could You're be suffering in isolation. Yeah. She could be in a cage somewhere. Exactly. Oh, she could be being right. experimented on. Oh, wow. The wow. Did <laughs> Firestarter teach you <laughs> nothing? I don't know, man. Maybe she's some cool... Look, George C. Scott and Firestarter. Dude. He comes off as this like, sweet janitor with one eye. You know. And really, he's just an insidious agent trying to fuck around. Exactly. kill your dad and use your powers for fire. He's for the, the not dope government. shit. I was the undopest. Going for the fact that she's a fucking... Some sweet female fire goddess in the fucking forest. That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, well, I'm rooting for that too. But well, let's go. Let's then let's fucking root together like we want to but do a clandestine one because we surely would have heard of it in the last twenty three years. No, so. man, maybe she keeps shit secret. She don't fuck around. She ain't got time for that shit. She was she was hurt once and she won't be hurt again. It's just I don't know Pixar's about that. New movie. But... <laughs> yeah, dude. There's not really okay. Uh, Unfrozen. Yeah, All right, yeah. Get. To, I'll start crying. Just... Get, get get to it. But if indeed this teenager has this seemingly superhuman gift or curse, as the case may well be, from where does it come and can the physical sciences help explain its potentiality? Lacking any obvious Newtonian explanations, we are inclined to go back to the domain where laser beam eyes and fire controlling abilities are not the exception, but the norm. 
that is, of course, the comic book page where Superman and his Kryptonian kin have heat ray powers that are known as the photonucleic effect. This is the ability, and I know you guys probably know, to release a massive amount of solar energy stored within the body through the eyes in focused beams of heat, presumably as infrared light. Now, that's the fictional one. There is no paradigm for this happening in reality. Yeah, no, no. Okay. All right. So I just had to include it. All right. He gets power from the sun's, you know. This the, is probably sun. not the photonucleic effect. Okay. Fine. It is probably either, I don't know what it could be. But so I know I want you to explain to me Cyclops. Um, yeah, exactly. Laser eye guy. Laser eyes. Yeah. Laser eyes. That's it. Laser eyes. Nuclear radiation. Fine. Begat. Laser eyes. He was, <laughs> he was a mutant. His wasn't really like nuclear, though. He was a mutant. Yeah, no, he was a mutant. He that was, was a different. I, they yeah. explained it no, what no, it was. But I thought, I thought in the early days. I mean, I'm not an expert on X Men more, but I thought in the early days it was like all the pollution and the radiation. All of this has somehow subtly changed the human DNA. And some people, some of these kids, are being raised with these extra abilities to contend with these conditions. It was also sort of oh, the, okay. Maybe. the basis of Larry Cohen's. It's alive. Yeah, I'm, I can't. I listen. I, like I say, I'm not a historian on it. Born with the powers, I could be wrong. But I, I just sort of vaguely recall some weird explanation of why the why things mutated. Would yes, okay, okay. Right. it could be. They could very well and be. Someone you know vet me on this. I'm the first to admit I somebody really don't help. Let's well, doesn't explain his, his eyes. I don't think they were like nuclear, but no, those beams, laser beams that he just couldn't control. Fiber glasses, always. So I was always a douche. Pretty much. It never really made sense. Glasses. No, they didn't. Beams all. are always come out. I feel glad. I mean, it's open. Anyone has, like, why wouldn't yeah, it just be, like, every flying out the sides? Firing? You would think. Can he No, actually, they're always firing. Can he actually he can't see? Open I know. That's what I mean. Is he actually blind anytime he doesn't open that visor to shoot the beam? I don't know. What, can, I always, what controls the visor? That's point. Professor well, X always one thing. over his shoulder. <laughs> but eventually it was just glasses. I'm like, glasses yeah. ain't going to work, he bitch. Always, he, he, he always yeah, wore glasses. That was garbage. I'm like, that would be flying out the tops, the yeah. bottoms. It needs to be like <laughs> welded to your fucking face. Yeah. yeah I just goggles like, that are actually welded. Yeah. He, I always assumed he could see with the with the full-on visor because he always, he never said, they never made it a point to say that he, he couldn't see. He was like, shit, right. I can't see. No, he was never feeling right. He was never, never daredeviling his I way through I understand why daredevil has such a plight. Like This is tough. <laughs> Otherwise, basically, they just carry him around like a fucking gun and open him up on enemies, <laughs> whatever, because he doesn't awesome. serve any purpose. All right, yeah, that's all right. Okay, digressions about Cyclops, the side, our, our Cyclops, aka our least favorite X Man. Really though, yeah, and he's terrible. All right, um, so let's getting get... back to the real world. There you go, or at least legends that are purported to be real. We come face to face with an intriguing ancient Incan legend that tells of Mama Akalo. Huapa. I think I did it right. All right, cool. We'll leave it at that. The wife of Monaco Kapak, the first Inca, who was said to have been in possession of capabilities identical to those that Juliana exhibited. In his 1609 book, Comentaros, Comentarios Reales de los Incas, author Garcilaso de la Vega, a direct descendant of the royal Incan rulers of Peru, claimed that Mama was a witch who used her powers beneficially and helped the poor. I don't know how fire eyes well, helps like the Robin poor. Hood? I guess maybe if you're cold. Or if you need to like burn down a stretch of rainforest to fucking plant food. I don't know. 
Maybe. I mean, or, you know, she could use her fire starting ways positively to intimidate people to then help her her own people. Oh, like would-be conquerors that want to destroy peaceful villages. Totally. I don't know how they specifically help the poor, though. That's a little harder to, unless that was just one of her many powers. I mean, if she was also a witch, she might have had sundry right. skill sets. Who knows? I mean, she can start fires to keep them warm and or to cook food. That's true. Uh, or clear brush. E. coli does plague the poor and rich yeah. alike. Yeah, it does. It does. All right, cook so, that shit. You know, she's she's got some, but she seems to be, you know, doing some Pretty positive, legit. I mean, I'm no expert. Stuff, I'm maybe. no expert on ink and lore or this woman in particular, but right. evidently she could start fires with her fucking eyes. Okay. That, Alone makes a connection. It does, totally. Perhaps both Mama and Juliana were both in possession of a mercifully rare genetic defect that allowed them to have a tangible thermodynamic effect on their environment simply through sheer force of will or just an irritated gaze. Perhaps their shared ancient, perhaps even pre-modern human ancestors had this aptitude ingrained in their DNA in the same way that, say, the Denisovans passed on what Science Magazine referred to as a super-athlete gene that helps Sherpas and other Tibetans breathe easy in the high mountains. So, okay. again, just struggling to try to bring science somewhere in here. If there is a very, because, I mean, they're both of Peruvian ancestry. The second, I guess, Incan ever, and, and, and this poor young girl in the, in the late 90s, um, who would, I would love to speak to if she's still around, just to see how she manages or if indeed she was just hounded out of town by a horrible rumor monger right forced to live you know like witches of old like cast out of society on the edge of a jungle or dark forest as the case would have been in europe or wherever and 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 just basically can't integrate because of fucking the lies of men this is an interesting side note be it a psychic or physiological phenomenon, it's worth pointing out that according to Joseph Trainer's editorial comment, and again, UFO Roundup, or what, which was the source for both these stories, really right. fascinating work. Um, in his editorial comment, he explained that Juliana was not the only child to have exhibited these extraordinary incendiary abilities. And this is what he wrote. Cases of young teenagers developing heat vision or quote-unquote fire starter powers are rare but not unknown. Here in North America, we had William Bro, H. Bro, like in B-R-O-U-G-H. Yeah, Bro. H. 12 of Turlock, California in October 1886. Huh. Then we have Jenny Bramwell, age 14, of Beaverton, Ontario in 1891. And finally, Wynette Willie of Macomb, Illinois in, in August of 1948. He cites Vincent H. Gaddis's 1967 book, Mysterious Fires and Lights, as his source, and indeed chapter 10 of said tome is titled Poltergeist Incendiaries, with the final subheading reading, Starting Fires with a Glance. Huh. Okay, weird. Unfortunately, online resources for this book are scant. Well, I did my best to dig into it. But when it is eventually added to the Kryptonaut Library, we will pursue them. So I would have probably explored it a little deeper, but that's all you're going to get. Right. Yeah, Hints yeah. of these people <clears throat> that okay. also apparently had the ability to either with the gaze or no. the sheer force of their will. And they're all kids. All kids. <laughs> all so kids, it weird. definitely, maybe that ties in with the, the chapter title, which was what, Poltergeist Incendiaries. Right. So maybe it's a manifesting noisy ghosts that throw shit, books and vases and But it, it was boys and girls, though. It was boys and girls. Yeah, all right, weird. Huh. Okay, strange. 
Until then, we are left to wonder if we are dealing with the same kinds of false accusations and witch hunts that have plagued humanity since its earliest days, or if we may be witnessing the birth of the next phase of Homo sapien evolution. The new mutants. The new mutants. Or the first mutants. Or All mutants. Yeah. Or just mutants. Mutants. Yeah. mutants. mutants. Cool. Mutants, as it has to be said. All right. I mean, that, that is interesting, though, that it, it, it is kids that apparently possess this, this power to start fires with their eyes. Um... I mean, I guess not a terrible skill. Oh, set terrible! If you have well, no. I mean, if you can control if you it, can, if that if is so all yeah, encompassing, that is a monumental. Yeah, because me as a thirteen-year-old pissy little kid, if I had if I could start fires, I would have burned everything. Oh my god! If, if an angry glance, one hundred percent, could have oh burned god, yeah. somebody, and I had that power yeah. as a young man, I would. It would have been okay. Johnny Ash. It's what they yeah. would have so called. They're nothing no one but pyres. Be no maybe they just need to, need to be taken. And uh, trained. and trained and taught and like you know like Buddhists and like do yoga and shit. So I know and it's probably my BPRD. Yoga and be a vegan. Yoga. It's my love of uh, Hellboy and Mike McDonald. No, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, so oh we, we, yeah. We, no, we go back to 1886 and then 1891 and then 1940. Like, I know there was no DARPA back then. I know that there was no black projects as such. But there had to be institutions that saw valuable uh, assets, especially possible wartime assets, and boy. Wouldn't that be something that any general would want to have it? Well, of course. A human being flamethrower that could maybe project it from a distance and and, and incorporates it into something or or puts it down before they become too dangerous to the people they are around. Like Liz Sherman from Hellboy? 100% Liz Sherman. And think of how much trouble that character had controlling her firepowers. And dead family members and all sorts of mayhem ensues. I mean, this is... You you can cite half a dozen... Uh, yeah. Comic book and, and and fictional characters who have powers that that could manifest themselves as something good, but are right. so much more dangerous than they are potentially yeah. beneficial. So maybe if this is some sort of like genetic mutation offshoot for some reason, which just seems like a weird mutation to have. To like, I, and I agree. That was me just again pissing in the wind, right. as I like to say. Okay. No, dude, I don't even know where like the the etymology of pyrokinesis even. It, it's got to be from old stories of gods and demigods. It and, I mean, it has to be where this really started. Burning but bush no, shit. I don't think there's anything really even close to, to a scientific thing. Right. We haven't really dealt with a psychic phenomenon yet. We're definitely going to. Right. Oh, but, but, but I will say, go ahead. Uh, real quick, a few episodes back, I did bring up a possible family member that uh, died of spontaneous human combustion. Oh, yeah, you did. Not... Unconfirmed. Oh, that's a double negative. Not, dude. not unconfirmed. Yeah. Jesus. So um, it was. It wasn't not confirmed. Turns out, I, I had a. I thought it was a completely different family member. Um. So that's less important than whether or not spontaneous combustion occurred. You know that. No one really knows. The family tale is that she died of spontaneous human combustion, but I don't believe there's any backing medical. Or, you know, science behind is it. There, What's the story death behind certificates? It? Like, is this traceable? That she just—I think that she died in her chair, caught on fire, and died in her chair. Was she smoking? That's I think where the gray area comes in. Was she a smoker? 
I believe she was. I'm not saying that means that there's no possibility again, of spontaneous human combustion. The distance in my family, the distance is mi- is just miles apart. So what we're basically so saying we don't is really know. the legend okay. of spontaneous yes. yeah. human combustion right. in Mark Storr's family is still alive and well and rocking and rolling in weed sport. But yeah. it has... A trail of dubiousness around it. Oh boy! <laughs> so it's surrounded by they dubiousness. They always do. That's so shocking. They never is, don't. You know, I don't want to take the legend away from the family, but I might, have to, I might have to be the person to rip that blanket off. Do not piss on the legend. Do okay. not tear off the bandaid. Let the people believe they can spontaneously combust if they want. <laughs> no, <laughs> you need to worry about this. If it's a thing that's, in your DNA, <laughs> that's how we commit you suicide. Look out for it. <laughs> Put a bandaid on that shit. If you see one of your kids smoldering. Deal with that. They don't. My kids are good. If no they're star, yeah, if they're red hot and they're smoking. Yeah. They, well, you know, there you go. Yeah, smoking. Smoking. I can see fucking I've gone Super Saiyan and smoking. My daughter like, definitely. You gotta, you gotta yeah. calm. Totally. You gotta calm. You totally fuck fucking down. do that. So what do we think okay. that we're dealing with here? So I, what, what I was starting to say was, I know we haven't dealt with psychic phenomenon yet. Um, I think that there is loads of genuine evidence for remote viewing. I really do think that that is almost a confirmed fucking thing. The remote mm. viewing thing no, actually... No, it really is. I know Chris is, is no, doing the most skepticism. It's kind of weird. But I'll tell you what, the evidence that's out there, even if you looked at it objectively, Chris, you would... I'm not saying it like, it's not evidence. Well, I've looked into some of it. Um, some like, of it is compelling. Yes. I'll give you that. Telecon- Go ahead. Ingo Swan, right? Is yeah, it? he's yes. one okay, of the most yeah, famous yeah. ones. It's just seeing a location you're not in physically, mm-hmm. be it in another time, space, but mostly just, just a different geographical right. location. Uh, so, but with the powers other one is like telekinesis. That. Now, I don't know if I've seen anything truly compelling. So, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's not, been a lot really. of really debunkable things, and every right. now and again, something intriguing is like, yeah, that moved a little. Did did he will it? Did he not? I, I promise you, I've been trying to use my force powers since I was fucking seven. I tried to do no, it today. Day. <laughs> I'm yeah. not even going to lie. <laughs> just like, I tried to. I don't think <laughs> in my me. life I have ever leaned for something without trying to force grab it first. Right. Like I do like it all the time. Like if it's six inches yeah. out of my grip, I still dedicate four full seconds yeah. to like... <gasps> Ah, fuck. You know, it's funny because I'll, you, you, just, you just do it without thinking something, but then... After like ten seconds, my mind actually starts to be like, "Well, maybe I just have to think differently no, yeah. to no. make it work." Which is a form of meditation, really. Yeah, and I'm like, like exploring well, wait deeper a aspects. And then I'm like, "I'm on dope." <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where the rational I'm mind kills the meditative mind. All right, I'm on so dope. so we know that we're not experts on it. We will definitely be doing something on it. But as Chris mentioned earlier, pyrokinesis is even more vague. Does not mean that yeah. it can't exist. I would prefer to think of it as something that can fit into a scientific spectrum. Now, if okay. it's something like, say, where certain people's brains can activate something in the quantum sphere or something that agitates yeah. it so it heats up. Again, just shitting in a fan now. I know that. I <laughs> yeah, you diarrhea But it's still really not did. as bad as yeah. you know, a wizard spell or shitting an old curse fan. from an ancient witch in right. the, the forest bog and now suddenly by saying these words. And again, I'm not saying that's not possible either because yeah. maybe sound, you know, in like super string theory that kind of molds the nature of reality so maybe certain sounds as in a spell can modify things. I can't say it's not possible. I can't say I can't fucking deal with that shit right now. Okay. So I'm, that's why I'm okay. striving to make it to focus. something yeah. All right. that, that the physics, we understand it, whether it's Niels Bohr's quantum physics or right. Newtonian, maybe something. If it exists, there's a good chance it doesn't, but if it exists, I don't know how to explain it, but I do wonder like what happens. Do you sequester yourself because you're afraid of killing your loved ones? Did she start the fire that almost killed the little girl? Did the little girl... 
was the little girl a relative of hers and also sharing that same ability and accidentally started her own bedroom on fire or three-year-old child we don't even know if it's a girl i don't or, think we yeah conversely we don't. here the other flip side of the coin would be was this guy trying to kill kids by yeah, setting their shot boy. on fire i know really I mean, all really. of a sudden it becomes a first 48 but you can't ignore that possibility no, yeah i wasn't yeah. even thinking that way yeah. you creep well i'm, I'm, I'm you fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot of true crime documentaries. Ergo creep. I mean, I think me and a lot of people enjoy true crime documentaries. I, you know what? You're, you're always the one that's like, hey, it's fun. It's, we got, it's, that's not fun. That, that's not fun. No, it's not fun. No, I, child murder is no, never fun. No, child murder is terrible. Way to it's go. Never fun. Thanks for listening. <laughs> oh, now Mark crossed um, the line. Fine. So... This you, guy, you want you want murder death, okay. or if this guy is some sort of landowner, like a slumlord or something, maybe he's fucking burning places down for insurance and money, and not giving a shit if kids are in there because he's looking a piece to sell of shit. out, build a bunch of condos, yeah, gentrify the place, exactly, uh, like an asshole. Or what if J. Lou is going from time to time and place oh. to place in Peru, recruiting kids with special powers, yeah, with an army, for an army in the future yeah. that's going to fight the ultimate despot that makes Hitler look like a kitty cat. Wow. It could be, but she doesn't show up in the story. Yeah, she's not here. No, but I'm just saying, Peru. I, no. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> Peru. It's a country. So I think Peru. it's a country. I've really laid down some yeah. real viable evidence. I mean, by the, saying the, Peru. the kids could All have right. been doing like a spell too. Uh, so yes, we let, we can't ignore the infernal. Either. That's what I'm you saying. Know, as much as I want to make this a matter of at least pseudoscience. What if they conjured a gin, a fire elemental? Yeah. Okay. And now it's here. It's just like, what do I do? Does I don't, it possess I don't know. the girl, or does she yeah. just learn does, from it? Does, she, like, does the girl? Pupil? Can the girl throw fire? Either or slash tell? or. Wow. <laughs> oh wow! Broad spectrum gin action. If they conjured wow. some shit, maybe it's just fucking in her. That's that's part of the deal. A lot of people thought it was demonic possession. I mean, the devil's daughter is right. a pretty damning statement. It is. Or simply Fire Girl, which is actually fire girl's mean, cool. but innocuous. And no, it's yeah. Fire Girl. Hey, it's fire girl. fire girl. But you could be a dick da, about da, it. Yeah, da, the way da, you just da, said that made me go, girl. oh, look, it's Fire Girl. No, Fire, fire Girl's cool going shit. to school. Fire Girl's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you're awesome, and you'd think so, but I bet you the fucking kids that lived in Paella or whatever fucking if you're down fucking, fire If you're girl. a 12-year-old yeah, kid and you're smoking a butt, and you're like, I don't have a lighter. You're like, wait, fire girl. And then she comes over, fire girl, fire girl. And boom, she lights your cigarette for you. You're smoking 12-year-old. Fuck wow. yeah, dude. So your 12-year-olds are in a Charles Bukowski poem, and they're trashing their way through awesome fucking hot topic lifestyles. Totally, yeah. I, God bless you. Must be nice. I mean, smoking, I think, you know. I think she would probably yeah. just have been embarrassed and terrified. I mean, if I the know, family man. had to leave and move basically... To the fringes of the environment. Those kids are lucky that she didn't fucking toast That's them. the other thing. I would never pick on Fire Girl. No. What the fuck That's is what wrong I'm saying. with you? Yeah. That is a friend you want. You're like, oh, you guys are fires. And then she fucking roasts you. And you're like, oh, shit. I'm dead. Yeah. It was fucking ash. We should see if that village exists. Because if she burns down a room because she gets woken up spontaneously... No matter what shady reason she's or not in there, the wrong, she just got woken up. She's like, "Oh, I don't want to yeah. wake up. It's late." And she's not in the wrong. The same. And she might have been protecting herself and her friend from some shady shit. I did, go we didn't want to get too. Or it fucking... was the guardian gin. The guardian gin filtered through. Okay, Juliana protecting her. We all know how the duel. You do the thing, and you have yeah. duel the yeah, Hulk. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. Whoever else. Yep. Dark Devil. 
And anybody Dark the Blue Devil? No, fucking Dark Devil in in, in Spider Girl. Oh He was oh, battling like Etrigan or whatever in his mind and he was fucking Oh uh, but is Blue Devil kind of the same thing though too? No, Blue Devil's just a dude stuck in a suit. Oh fuck, it's right. Etrigan yeah. was always going through the angst. And yeah, Etrigan, yeah, he was always, yeah. always kind of fucked Anyway, up. the battle of the mind, yeah, and right. somebody has to have the physical body to keep the yeah to keep the. You, demon it's either one or the other, Hulk. and occasionally they right. came together and or, made yeah, compromises. The most peaceable version, of course, being Firestorm. Where Firestorm, they got oh, along swimmingly. Yes, they were fun- swimmingly. They were, they were great friends. So, all right. So you know, maybe the girl was protecting um, her friend from this fucking creepy dude. Maybe he was setting fires to kill kids. Uh, maybe they just were like, I can start fires and fuck you. We're starting fires. There's a lot here. Yeah, maybe it's just a couple matches. The other thing is kids with matches because kids like fucking matches. I remember being a kid and playing with matches. And then for some reason, I don't know why my dad showed us this, how to do a WD-40 torch. Oh, my gosh. And we just did it all the time. Phenomenal upbringing. I still do it to this day, and I'm almost 40, because I like fire. It's a thing. We all like fire. I mean, it doesn't make me come or anything, but I like fire. So Wow. Stop. You like that? Please stop now. (laughs) All right? Because I'm not going to fucking dig you out of this hole, man. I feel like you, because you said that, that means you... Fire makes you come. You do. No. (laughs) No. I I didn't want to say it, because it's disgusting. I mean, you know... Sadly, it doesn't. So no fire bonus? Really? Man, yeah, no, no fire bonus because there'd be no need for Pornhub. I'd just be looking at lighters. I know. You'd be sitting by the fire pit in your back. What are you doing? Mark? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I don't know, man. The fire work. It's magic, there honey. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And I feel the, like and matches in a butt. Crabs would it. not be a problem. Wow. No. Yeah, you like that. <laughs> yeah, you like Scorched that. Scorched away. All right, so there you have That's it. Disgusting. Uh, fucking uh, Mysterious Women of Peru. Yeah, really intriguing it. mysteries, too fascinating cases one potentially tragic uh like i say i would like to see if that village still there because yeah, if, totally. if just being woken up spontaneously is enough to set fire to curtains who knows what could have said i mean during full-on puberty and and the rest when we're all i mean i get agitated yeah. in my fucking late 40s i can't imagine yeah no that's the deal you know, when you're yeah. a teenager it's fucking odd. no listen i love it i blame i do blame firestarter for 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 pyro slightly okay. it's it's dope it's kind of the dope shit yeah. but i blame firestarter shit. because there's there's Charlie a point McGee. at the end where it's just on and she sh- there's she a, just destroys everything there's a shot where it's it's her like her head and she's just throwing fireballs like from her fucking mind <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> and i'm like that's i want to throw fireballs and from her, her hair fucking is mind young yeah. Drew Barrymore that's with the, the dope back shit backlit with orange lights yeah. yeah that's the dope oh, shit oh no it's badass like that movie is hard to sit through, but that last fucking climactic—it's fucking on. Is, yeah, it I is know because awesome. it cool. it's pure revenge of a superpowered child yeah. that is justified yeah. in her vengeance. Yeah, yeah. I play Firestarter. All right, fine. I, I can I can see that, but I can also say just just to digress for a quick second. If if Jorge Pereira or whatever the guy's name was that that owned that place, if he just caught some girls playing with matches and they're burning his property, he would have no reason to tell that fucking story to the cops. Like that doesn't seem to benefit him at all. No. Even if he's doing an insurance scam, but or even that, if he's doing super shady, horrible shit, almost it that makes story him sound, does not seem to behoove him. It makes him sound like a toucher, though. Well, like he's he's it, using some weird shit it, to it cover it up. Depends on the zeitgeist. Oh, well, if, he th- the, the, if he thought he can get away with a story right. like that, then yeah. he would. 
If he's a creep, it's always if, like if that. If he's trying, if he's covering up some weird creepy. So you're saying like maybe he was doing some creepy shit, and so he had to make the girl a pariah. So yes. he, he played to and the he religious fucking, angle. And he did. I'm saying if God, he could get away, the worst and most plausible thing that yeah. might. Yeah, no, it's horrible. But if he can get away with it, he probably would. That son of. All right, so we're starting a posse. We're gonna beat the fuck out of this <laughs> yeah, dude. That's gonna get his fucking ass if kicked. He, anyone's got information? Yeah, tell us. Email Mark. It's been 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we're, we're gonna we're gonna go beat the piss out of an 88 year old man. So. Bring your fucking just in case. Bring your pitchforks. It's fucking on. All right, oh, let's get our fucking time. Yeah, all right. There. That's how that pod. That's how this podcast ends. <laughs> so I was trying. <laughs> us taking the law into our own hands fuck it it's 2020 let's do it that's there how you go. every pod should end there you go alright thank Vigilante you for, justice thank you for joining us for the Kryptonaut podcast two for one mystery bag Monday the mysterious women of Peru uh, the Facebooks the socials the instas the twitters check us out there as always the patreons patreon.com slash Kryptonaut podcast one dollar is a shout out five dollars is a shout out and the bonus audio um, you know again as mentioned in the top of the episode uh, with the current pandemic that we're all going through, uh, stay safe, stay smart, stay yeah. vigilant. Be uh, Safety first, motherfuckers. Yeah, safety first. Uh, you know, keep your eyes and ears open with shit. And but just, don't panic. But don't, yeah. Do don't, not panic. Do not panic is the important thing. Do not be cavalier, but do not. Yeah. Exactly. Over. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you, don't, can, you can be aware without being hyper vigilant. Yeah. To the point where it like d- disturbs your life. Unless yeah. you're in a hot spot and surrounded by it, I get it. Do what you got to do then. Exactly. But if you're by and large in most of America right now, you're good to go. Yeah. Just be just, cool. Just chill out. Yeah. But, you know, keep... Scrub up. Be cool. Yeah. Just keep your eyes and ears open and, uh, you know, and again, keep those uh, keep those posts going in the Facebook uh, fan group there. So, uh, oh, Heller Space. HellerSpace.com. Get yourself some t-shirts because the economy could use some money. Also, toilet paper in a pinch. Toilet paper, yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've we got want, toilet paper coming. Do we, do we want people wiping <laughs> toilet paper. their asses with our shirts, though? Really? I don't, but I'm just saying in case you're in a super pinch. And again, as per our Facebook group, if need be, shit in a shower. Mm-hmm. There you go. So you, know, you can, you can. We, maybe we, we, maybe we will. I probably won't. <laughs> I think Chris not like on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a, not a purposeful act. You're just like, oh no, it happened. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, there you have it. Thank you all so very much for joining us. Uh, uh, we'll be back next week with some um, equally interesting stories. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Because if not, boy, that's gonna that's a real. That's a <laughs> We're real gonna fucking... be back with non-interesting. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna, you know, boring. <laughs> yeah. I know. Listen, a book club. We have had some failed pods that we've recorded and we got. We have. have gotten done and gone. Wow. No. That's not going to work. That cannot that be a thing. not going to work. So, But not very often. No, no very, it doesn't very, happen. Very, Honestly, very, like very three out of however many hundred Yeah, but there's been, a, there's been enough to make us all scared. Thank you for joining us. I'm actually not afraid. <laughs> I'm all very scared that we will have good shit next week. Live in fear, Robert. I won't. I mean, actually, as, as <sighs> to our coronavirus uh, PSA, don't live in fear. Yeah. yeah. She's, yeah sorry. I mean, I'm really good at that one thing. Right. Not living in fear. There you yeah. go. Enjoy your week. We'll be talking to you soon. <laughs> oh my God. You're giving me such right. a withering what the fuck? Why are you not living in fear, Rob? <laughs> but Mark, I don't want to. Do it! Yeah, no, Cower! Don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fishy uh, We'll be talking to you. Goodbye, right. friends. Friendship. Forever.
beer is there? Telekinesis, beer, parakinesis, telekinesis, psychokinesis. <laughs> it's all here. Beer. Friends. Corey Haim. Whoa. Oh, Corey Haim. R.I.P. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Brutal. It was a tough one. It's a big one. Sometimes you got to throw a dart at the game. <laughs> wow. And you get the Corey Haim poster. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the weirdest, like... Like life fucking affirmation slash lesson Some, ever. Sometimes you're at the challenge fest. What I loved was and that. And you want to play the dark game. That like a really <laughs> profound takedown in life. Like sometimes you got to throw a dart at the game. And then it just became a very literal then, yeah. memory. And you hit the Korean poster. Age. And you have to take then, it off. Then it became Auburn. You wanted yeah. the Motley Crew mirror. But you got, you got the Korean Corey Tiger Beat poster. Yeah, right next to it was a dope Cobra. Oh, yeah. No, you got, you got, oh, I love the Cobra post. You got ham. God damn it. You got, got ham. You got hamed. All right. Always well, ham. Here we go. All right, Robert, <laughs> bring her back Sorry. on track.